Hey guys, if you're interested in checking out a video version of the show, please visit the Low Key Geek channel on YouTube. There you can not only catch the video version of the podcast, but you can also check out my other projects and short form video that I produce. You can find a link in the description. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Low Key Geek. Hey, hey, you Low Key Geek. Tries to be out there when he wants to be, but hey, he's low key. Well, low key geek. Hey, 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 what is going on? Everybody, it is Renee Loki Geek back here for another podcast. And if I picked a great time to bring to resurrect the the podcast, it was definitely good timing on my part to do so last week. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you know, just when we thought we had such major news drop all of last week. Yesterday was one of those rare news cycles when, um, you know, tons and tons of information was literally just dropped on us, uh, thanks to Disney dropping the big, massive bomb, the Funk Flex bomb, um, as those in the East Coast and the New York area are familiar with. Um, just a lot of stuff that was unraveled and revealed and discussed um, and on top of that the video game awards was uh, aired yesterday big announcements as far as who won certain categories of gaming in the year of the year um, game of the year went to the last of us 2 while the player's choice went to ghost of tsushima um, plus there was a ton of announcements for upcoming titles that are being worked on and potentially going to be releasing sometime next year um, and beyond. So just a lot of things to to un, to discuss and digest. And, you know, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to save the gaming news and all that uh, for the other show that I do with my buddy Paul. Um, quick plug, if you want to know more about all of that stuff that dropped yesterday, um, you could check out the Two Can Play That uh, podcast that airs um, exclusively on Twitch and YouTube and Facebook. So not very exclusive, but it's not in podcast form yet. Um, but if you want to check out our thoughts about everything that went down yesterday, do check it out. It comes out every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, and that's really where I'm going to save a lot of my thoughts and comments about all the video game related news. But Trust me, if you are aware and you you were staying on top of all this stuff that dropped yesterday, there's enough for me to really unravel and discuss in today's show about everything that was released yesterday. So if you like what you see, do hit that like and follow for those who are watching on YouTube. Uh, for your for you audio listeners, you know, um, would always appreciate the good rating and recommendations and sharing this with uh, fellow peers and, you know, friends of yours and all that who are into this kind of stuff. 
Um, you know, and a quick announcement for those who may not know, I am um, now on iTunes and Stitcher, so you could get the audio version of this show uh, if you prefer just to listen. And uh, while you're doing your chores around the home, j- taking a drive somewhere or what have you, uh, something that I've been working on getting set up and I'm happy that it's finally um, there. So I'll do more promotion about that in the upcoming weeks. But yeah, like I said, a lot to get into for today. Going to try my best to cover everything within this hour. Um, so do bear with me. I'm, I'm going to be maybe jumping around a little bit here and there. But like I said, there's a lot of stuff to discuss and a lot of great stuff to discuss. Um, so let's let's start off with some of the more business related stuff, because, again, remember, this was Disney's investors investor day um, conference, and it was really meant for the stakeholders and shareholders of Disney um, to kind of lay out what's in the works for the upcoming year and beyond that, um, you know, with everything that WB and HBO Max really uh, announced last week. Obviously, Disney had some stuff up their sleeve and things that they were working on. I'm pretty sure they weren't planning to drop all the stuff. Again, big, massive bomb, but I'm sure they weren't really uh, planning to drop all this stuff. But at the same time, you know, with the type of year that we've had, um, the uncertainty of, you know, movie theaters and, and how movies are going to be released uh, going into next year, they wanted to give something to their investors and to all the company stakeholders um, that will prove to them that there's a lot of stuff in the works that will keep the, the business going. Um, you know, with the uncertainty of their amusement parks and, you know, the loss of revenue there. Um, they need to catch up and they need stuff that will help carry the company moving forward. And with everything that they talked about, there is a lot of stuff that they are really happy about. And um, if you looked at the stock market today, it's Friday, uh, December 11th. You can see Disney shares went up significantly after yesterday's news and um, conference. So, and look, I don't want to be, you know, kind of, uh, tooting the horn of a major corporation, but um, the stuff that was announced yesterday, as a fan of pop culture, as a fan of Star Wars and Marvel properties, um, these are things that I am so excited to hear about, and I'm really, really looking forward to. Um, you know, with this year, like I mentioned before, the pandemic caused a lot of problems. You know, we had. Um, postponements or cancellations of San Diego Comic-Con, Star Wars Celebration, D23, which I'm sure a good amount of the the news that was released yesterday would have been spread out throughout the year and all that. So, you know, I I saw people online saying like, that's too much stuff. I can't take it all. How am I going to like digest all this stuff? Well, you know, it's good that we got it. You know, it's good to see like what's in the works and and that even though the pandemic uh you know, paused a lot of things and delayed a lot of stuff. It's good to see that they're still working on tons of things and they have enough stuff in the pipeline to keep a lot of people like myself really entertained and happy moving forward. Hopefully, um, it's still yet to be proven that a lot of this stuff is going to be good. 
Um, but uh, what's on paper right now is exciting to talk about. So, uh, first off, let's get let's get through some of the business stuff that was discussed during the conference yesterday. So, it was uh, discussed during the conference that, um, and and I should uh, step back a little bit. Moving, you know, leading to yesterday's call. Um, there was a lot of rumor and speculation about what was going to be discussed and what was going to be covered. Um, we heard that it was going to be primarily focused on their streaming platforms. Um, that is Disney Plus, uh, Hulu, ESPN Plus. Uh, you know that fall under the the Disney um, you know umbrella there. And you know we heard that there was going to be tons of focus on Marvel and Star Wars. Um, and I think it was kind of overlooked as to what other stuff that we're going to announce under the Disney properties, you know, the movies, the series, you know, things that they might be working for Hulu. You know, there were rumors that Hulu and Disney Plus was going to merge into one, uh, but that doesn't seem like to be the case anymore. It looks like Hulu is going to be a standalone thing and we will be releasing direct um, series and, and properties, especially under the Fox name, too. It sounds like that they're still keeping that going. So, um, But when it comes to like the business side of things, it looks like um, that all of the streaming uh, platforms uh, equated to 137 million global paid subscriptions. The way you break it down is that there's 11.5 million for ESPN+, 38.8 million Hulu subscribers, and Disney Plus seems to have hit 86.8 million subscribers uh, since its launch uh, back in November of 2019, which is huge. Um, and I, I, these are numbers that we were not really privy to, um, you know, leading to this call. So it's nice to kind of get some solid numbers there. Um, and their goal moving forward is that they're looking to hit uh, 300 to 350 million total subscriptions by fiscal 2024. Um, so that's roughly um, Disney Plus targeting like 100 million um, uh, uh, titles every year to try to keep those numbers going as far as subscriptions goes. So obviously because of all the stuff that they announced and how they're putting a lot of their budget and strategy into their streaming platforms, it was gonna. Ba- it was bound to happen sooner or later. They announced that beginning on March 26 of 2021, the the price for Disney Plus will go up to 7.99 per month or 79.99 per year. Uh, and the bundle that they offer, that is Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus, will move up to 13.99 per month. So that's just like a dollar increase. Um, but th- I think that is very insignificant of an e- increase especially when you look at the slate of stuff that they're working on. So nothing to to um, worry about or be concerned with there. However, I, my gut instinct tells me that they're going to follow a very similar Netflix model when it comes to adjusting their, their subscription prices. And it, we're probably going to see gradual increases year over year, um, especially with the more and more content that they start working on and releasing. So, you know, again, not too alarming there. Um, they also announced that there's a new international streaming platform called Star. Um, and Star basically is going to be 
Hulu Plus, but for international viewers. Um, uh, They're saying that, you know, they saw really great interest from um, international territories that um, they started um, releasing their platforms to. So it's nice that they're going to be able to have like a Hulu-like version um, for international viewers and consumers. So that that's all different um, stuff that they have in the works there. And takes care of the business side of things and pricing for these things seem to be in alignment with what we're paying for here in the state so there isn't that big of a difference there so interesting stuff business wide um you know it, it's gonna we're gonna see how that's gonna play out as the years go especially going into next year um so uh, hopefully disney can keep the the, the money making uh wheel turning uh, and going moving forward. But let's get to the, the nitty gritty stuff here. So first off, uh, and I'm not going in the order of how they were announced during the conference. However, if you do want to watch the full um, video conference or presentation that they did yesterday, um, you could find it on the Disney website. Um, and that's the, their corporate website. And I'll provide a link to that in the description of today's show. Um, it, it's interesting to watch it as it unfolds because you get to see it the same way that the investors were able to see it yesterday and, and certain parts of the media. But first, let's cover Disney Plus stuff. So um, when it comes to Disney Television Studios for Disney Plus, they did announce uh, several high-profile uh, um, series that they're working on uh, that is going to be exclusive to Disney Plus. So one is they're working on a Beauty and the Beast series that will bring back Luke Evans and Josh Gad um, to star in. Um, and this is they haven't really uh, announced what that real title is going to be of the series, but it looks like they're, it's going to be a musical series um, that will have new music composed by uh, Disney legend Alan Menken. Um, so something very interesting for the Beauty and the Beast fans there. Ron Moore and John M. Chu will uh, be working on a reimagining of the classic Swiss family Robinson. Uh, John M. Chu, if that name sounds familiar, he was the director of Crazy Rich Asians. So it looks like this is going to be his debut for Disney as far as uh, you know touching a Disney plus series um and then additionally the studio is developing a percy jackson and the olympian series based off of the best-selling ya um series of books there um so i know some people really hold that series close to their heart um and we're hoping to see something come out of uh this property um i think the movie that was released I, there was a movie release for that right I don't think it, it, it was really what uh, fans wanted so hopefully this series will be something that will be great for them um, and then they also announced that they are currently in production of uh, four live action series that is also set to debut in Disney Plus uh, on Disney Plus in 2021 um, alongside of what I just talked about so one is the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Uh, it looks like they're bringing back the Mighty Ducks here, um, which uh, this series is supposed to pick up exactly where the the, the movies left off. It looks like we will see the return of Emilio Estevez as Gordon Bombay. So that should be exciting. I, I don't think we saw Emilio Estevez in anything in recent years. I think he's kind of been in hiding or what have you. Um, but he will be starring along with Lauren Graham, who joins the team there. Turner and Hooch. 
I never thought I would hear anything about Turner and Hooch. Um, if you don't know what that is, it was a very, it's a old uh, movie that starred Tom Hanks and this huge uh, dog, um, which was kind of, I, I don't know if you would call it a, a cult classic, but those of you who grew up in the, the period that I did uh, are very familiar with that movie. Um, but basically, it's uh, going to be a buddy comedy series uh, that will star Josh Peck. Um, and, of course, his partner, they are returning, again, another adorable, massive dog, um, which his his kind of um, uh, charm was that he was always slobbering all over the place. I remember the movie and how that played out. Uh, another series is called Big Shot, um, which is supposed to be a celebration of girl power set in the world of high school basketball. And this will star... John Stamos, Yvette Nicole Brown, and Jessalyn, uh, Jessalyn Gilsig. Um, and then lastly, um, when it comes to series for Disney+, Plus, The Mysterious Benedict Society, which is based on an international best-selling book series with Tony Hale and Christian Schaal. So they are, it's nice to see that they are working on a lot of um you know, di direct Disney Plus series uh, for their platform. Uh, again, th they, I'm sure they were thinking they needed something to compete with the likes of Netflix and HBO um, when it comes to um, series that is, you know, aimed directly for their streaming services. So I think they have some good stuff here. I don't know how, you know, what, um, how good a lot of these things are going to turn out to be, but you know, I'm sure it's going to be worth uh, checking out at least a couple of episodes to see if they really gel with you. Um, but again, it's nice to see that these are things that they're working on. Now, for those of you who, who may not be aware or maybe just not you haven't really paid attention to, but National Geographic does fall under the Disney umbrella, um, and a lot of their series you can catch on Disney Plus. So they got some stuff working there too. So they announced that um, um, the slate that they have um, planned for uh, National Geographic is they have a title uh, which looks like a series, uh, which is called Limitless with Chris Hemsworth. Um, Welcome to Earth, uh, which will feature Will Smith, and the fourth season of the Emmy-winning anthology series Genius, which will profile Martin Luther King Jr. Um, they also announced that there's a new documentary film, Cousteau, uh, which will debut in theaters before coming to Disney+, Plus, as well as a new documentary series called Secrets of the Whales and A Real Bug's Life and America the Beautiful. Um, not not too much details have been released on these things, but this is basically what is going to be uh, focused under the National Geographic umbrella. Now, I said Cousteau will debut in theaters before coming to Disney+. Plus. Um, I'll get more into that uh, a little later when we come to the, the movie slates, because something very interesting that they announced that they're, they're going to be doing uh, next year. Now, when it comes to Hulu, uh, and when I talk about Hulu, this will also include Star, because like I said, Star is now the international Hulu. Um, looks like under a multi-year deal, the Kardashians uh, will create a new global 
uh, will create new global content that will stream exclusively on Hulu in the U.S. and internationally um, with an expected debut in late of next year. So all of you Kardashian fans are going to be really happy to hear about that. I'm sure that's the majority of my audience here. Um, next year, Hulu and Star will also premiere a premium series called Only Murders in the Building, which reunites um, Steve Martin and Martin Short. And will also be uh, starring Selena Gomez. Uh, so that sounds really interesting right there. Um, if you remember back in like the 80s and 90s, uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short kind of starred in several things together. And they, were, they just work really brilliantly together. So I'm really, really excited to see how that's going to play out. Uh, the Dropout, which tells the story of a con artist that captured the world, um, will have Elizabeth Holmes. Um, who is played by Kate McKinnon. So that sounds interesting. Um, Dope Sick, which is a new drama series that is inspired by true events with a cast that includes Michael Keaton, Peter Sarsgaard, and Rosario Dawson. So Rosario Dawson looks like she kind of find a home in Disney. Uh, and again, we'll talk about her later on, I'm sure you could imagine, for Star Wars. Um, but it's nice to see that she is tied into the Disney family very well there. Now, when it comes to Fox, they did mention a lot of news for Fox. And it, for me, it just um, made me happy to hear that they are still keeping Fox going. Um, and a lot of this stuff is going to be focused primarily on Hulu. So... Um, some of the things that they announced for Fox is that um, they have some new seasons for some shows that will be coming back. Atlanta is, is going to be definitely coming back. Um, there, Donald Glover is still tied to that. Um, it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is, has been renewed for four more seasons. I can't believe this series is still going. Um, I have never watched it, so I don't know exactly what I'm missing. Um, but it is phenomenal how this series just keeps churning and churning and churning and going and going. And because of this, it has now officially made this series the longest running live action um, sitcom ever in the history of television. Now, don't look at it at, in terms of episodes because every season is only, I believe, 12 episodes or what have you. But as far as longevity this falls under that title so it's amazing that that's going to be the case there um there's also some other series uh, called the old man which will star jeff bridges uh ryan murphy is working on an, an anthology series based off of american horror stories bj novak has an anthology series called platform taika waititi's comedy about native american teenagers in oklahoma is called reservation dogs so that's also going to be in the works there and the piece of news that well, one of the pieces of news that I really was happy to hear about was why the last man um, is still in the works. Um, so that looks like that is on par and um, looking to finally get a release on Hulu there. And then they're also um, kind of bringing back from the archives there, Shogun. Uh, it's going to be a series from Justin Marks and Rachel Kondo. Uh, based on James Clavel's novel, um, you know, and again, if you don't remember, there was a direct uh, t uh, TV series long ago 
I want to say this was definitely in the 80s, um, it, you know, called Shogun. Uh, so basically, it's nice to see how that they're resurre- resurrecting this. And with today's budget and technology, I can only imagine how different it's going to be. I was too young to really understand the series when it came out, but I remember my mom really loved watching that series. So, um, But the way it's being described is that it's going to be kind of, in essence, a real-life Game of Thrones of feudal Japan. So really, really interesting stuff to think about there. Um, but I would say probably the overarching uh, biggest uh, announcements for FX on Hulu is... Um, that Noah Hawley, uh, who you know was involved in uh, Fargo and Legion, uh, is making and working on a TV series based on the Alien franchise, and they're getting the full support of Ridley Scott on this one. Um, timeline as far as this series is supposed to be set in the not too far future here on Earth. So, um, and it's being described uh, as. Uh, focusing on the human drama of the alien universe. So interesting, really, really interesting that they're working on an alien franchise TV series. And it sounds like it's going to be more uh, drama based. I don't know if they're going to kind of bring some of that, the elements that we saw in the original alien movie, which was more of like a, like a thriller, horror thriller that had a lot of human drama in there. Uh, and not so action-packed like what we got later on in Aliens and the other sequels. So <clears throat> really interesting stuff there. Again, it just makes me happy to see that uh, Fox is being um, held in there. And, you know, really, really uh, they're keeping that that studio going by allowing them to do these type of um, uh, platform series. Um, and then separately, of course, um, you got... Handmaid's Tale is being renewed for a fifth season. And then Nicole Kidman will also star in a series called Nine Perfect Strangers, which she will uh, executive produce um, with David E. Kelly, uh, who looks like to be helming the series there. So really, really great stuff to look forward to there. Now, let's get into the Walt Disney Studios motion pictures. Um, And... You know, this is where, uh, you know, they kind of split it up where they made the announcements of movies that they're working that will debut primarily on Disney Plus and then their theatrical division. Right. So um, huge, huge lineup there that is um, being planned on for Disney Plus as far as their movies are concerned. So we're getting a Hocus Pocus 2 which is a sequel to the 1993 Halloween classic. Um, Looks like the director there will be Adam Shankman. Um, They are rebooting Three Men and a Baby with Zac Efron. So that's going to be interesting. Um, You know, will this eventually lead into Three Men and a Little Lady or a Little Boy or a Little Person? Um, That'll be really interesting. And which role will Zac Efron play? I don't know. But if you remember, uh, Three Men and a Baby was a a classic, classic classic. live-action movie that was released back in the 80s. It starred Ted Danson, Steve Gutenberg, um, and, um, oh, what is uh, the... the He was like a big hunk back... Uh, Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck with his nice, fancy mustache. Um, will the ghost boy appear in the background again? Who knows? I don't know if they were able to sign him on contract, but we'll see. 
Um, and they're rebooting Cheaper by the Dozen with uh, Kenya Barris and Gabrielle Union. Um, Cheaper by the Dozen was, uh, they made two movies of that um, back in the 90s and 2000s, I think it was, that starred Steve Martin. Um, really, really charming uh, set of movies there that really had a big focus on finam- uh, family dynamics. Um, it also starred Hilary Duff, uh, who, who came from the Disney family there, so I don't know if she'll make a return somehow here. Um, but they're also working on a new sister act. Um, with uh, Whoopi Goldberg returning to that role, um, which will be who, which will be produced by Tyler Perry. So, uh, very interesting stuff and very on brand for Disney to kind of resurrect and bring back some of their more classic titles there. Um, but additionally to that, some of the other projects that they're going to be working on for Disney Plus Direct is uh, Pinocchio. Uh, Pinocchio uh, will be a live, their live action version of their classic animated movie. It will be directed by Robert Zemeckis and will star Tom Hanks. Uh, I guess Tom Hanks is going to be playing the Geppetto role, or or will he be Pinocchio? I don't know. Um, but it's going to be really really interesting to see how that's going to play out. Um, they released kind of like a. It's kind of like a teaser, but it really focused more on I think some of the. The art, uh, the production art that they're working on, because uh, obviously this is still in pre-production and all that. But uh, it, it looks, I mean, if you remember the animated movie, uh, very classic animated movie, very scary at times too. I mean, when he turns into the donkey and he gets on Pleasure Island, that is um, very, very scary stuff as a kid. And how is this going to really compare to Netflix's um, Pinocchio movie? Uh, not Netflix, I'm sorry. Um, uh, they announced and they had a trailer released recently about a live-action Pinocchio that, that looks like it's being um, based primarily from the book um, and the, the classic tale there with um, um, w- w- the famous uh, French actor... Um, uh, his name is, escapes me at the moment. Um, but it was a movie that was um, supposed to come out last year, um, but it was pushed into, I, I believe, coming out this month, actually. Um, and it stars, come on, Ro- Roberto Benini. That's right, Roberto Benini. He is playing the Geppetto role in that. And if you looked at the teaser trailer of that, it, it, you could see how it might play out on the Disney side of things because you get to see the the CG animated uh, Pinocchio walking around and interacting with with um, live actors. So it looks very familiar. Uh, looks very not familiar, but it looks very interesting. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how Disney is going to take their version and transform that into live action. Uh, they also announced that Peter Pan and Wendy is another movie that they're working for Disney+. Plus. Again, they're keeping that ball rolling on bringing their classic animated movies into live action. Uh, this will star Jude Law as Captain Hook and Yara Shahidi as Tinkerbell. Um, so that's going to be really interesting to see how that's going to play out. And they also kind of... This was a very brief tease that they released a video on, and it, it really doesn't say much about how it's going to look like. It was just taking some of the classic um, images from the animated movie and kind of just uh, using that as like a reveal kind of trailer there. So um, something that 
a lot of people are really happy to hear about is that they're coming out with a sequel to Enchanted um, called Disenchanted, um, which uh, has Amy Adams returning to the main role as Giselle. Um, Enchanted was one of those really surprising uh, movies for me where I was kind of um, forced to watch it in the theater when it came out. Uh, it wasn't really my choice. It was more of like, you know, my ex really wanted to see it. And I was pleasantly surprised by it. It was charming. It was very uh, touching. The way that they kind of plopped like a Disney-like princess into our um, real world and the real scenarios of that time, I thought was hilarious, especially in New York, too, where it took place. Having her, <laughs> you know how how the princesses are always able to speak to animals and all that, and how the way she was able to interact with pigeons and rats, I thought that killed me. That really, really killed me. So from what I hear about this sequel is that now you have her that's, you know, Giselle who's been living in our modern day, uh, for all these years now and we get to see like how she is now so are we going to get a very cynical Disney-like princess who's tired of everything you know probably addicted to social media you know and talking about the politics of the world and all that so I think it'll be they have a lot of good um, things to play off on um, and it'll be interesting to see how they're going to incorporate that into this sequel of Enchanted because that was the charm of the movie was seeing the innocence facing our reality and how she was going to be able to adapt or in in reverse too how was she gonna convince those like me and you um that her beliefs and the way she views things may not be so bad right so it'll be really really interesting to see how they're going to play on that but the main news when it comes to their disney plus uh, movies um that i I'm so excited and I, I'm really, really curious how they're going to play this off is that they're making a Chippendale Rescue Rangers live action movie and it's going to be a, a hybrid of live action and animation. So I believe Chip and Dale will be the animated versions here and it's going to star as playing Chip and Dale, John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. I mean, that what what a team up. What a team up. Um, and I, I am super excited about this because... Chippendale Rescue Rangers was a favorite of mine in the 90s. And for those of you who grew up in that time uh, or who was still watching cartoons at that time, they had that block of afternoon television during the week called the Disney Afternoon. You know, that's where you got to see your uh, DuckTales, uh, Tailspin, uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, and Gargoyles, right? Um, and it looks like they've already brought back a lot of um, uh, titles from that era, right? You had your DuckTales reboot that came out on Disney. You have the, the Darkwing Duck that um, was a later addition to the Disney Afternoon that is also coming out with a rebooted um, series on Disney. Um, <clears throat> you know, we, we haven't heard anything about Tailspin or Gargoyles. But I hope they bring those things back, especially Tailspin, because I've always been a huge fan of the Jungle Book and having those characters in this series, in this like animated series was really, really refreshing, especially to see what they had to deal with as far as like their adventures and all that. Um, really, really fun stuff. Um, so yeah, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I mean, that's gonna be phenomenal. Uh, and I, I'm really, really curious how that's gonna play out. 
Um, separately, they also announced live action uh, bios uh, that they're working on. One of them is called uh, Greek Freak, which will be a bio biography kind of uh, movie about the NBA uh, star Giannis Anendekumpo. Um, and it's uh, they're also working on projects about Canon Lowe and Chris Paul. Um, they are also going to be working on uh, animated titles uh, under the 20th Century Studio um, moniker, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, uh, another Ice Age, uh, which is called the Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild. I don't know if that's tied into the Ice Age uh, franchise, but it's called the Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild, uh, but it will star Simon Pegg. And they are continuing to work on Night at the Museum. Um, they also announced, um, uh, not announced so much, but they gave certain updates about uh, films that we already knew about. So Jungle Cruise, Cruella, uh, they're working on a prequel to The Lion King, and their, the, their live action version of The Little Mermaid. Again, these are things that we've already heard about. Um, in the past, so they just gave brief updates and previews of these films that are up and coming. So, very interesting stuff there. Um, now, when it comes to Walt Disney Animation uh, Studios, so these are, this is the group that works on the m animated movies that we usually get to see released in the theaters. The biggest news, and one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this later, was Raya and the Last Dragon was supposed to be the next animated movie that was supposed to hit theaters uh, next year. And with what they tried to do with the Mulan live action movie is, um, was looked upon as a failure, right? A lot of people gawked at what they, what they did there. Uh, just to recap, since Mulan wasn't going to be able to release in theaters uh, this year because of the pandemic, what they decided to do was that they they were gonna they released it on Disney Plus, um, but at a premium price, right? So you had to be one a Disney Plus subscriber to even access it, and then two, you had to pay twenty nine ninety nine to watch the movie, and you would have access to the movie uh, throughout the whole time until they decide to release it for everyone else who subscribed to Disney Plus, and which was now made available as of last week. And a lot of people balked at that, right? Because one, it was $30, which is $10 more than what we had to pay for a lot of the premium video on demand that was released throughout the year. You know, titles like Bill and Ted, Onward, um, and, and, and other movies that were made available for us to watch at home because they weren't able to release it in theaters, right? So you, you would think, Especially with the news that WB and HBO Max, you know, dropped last week about how their 2021 slate of theatrical movie releases were all going to be made for all subscribers of HBO Max at no additional cost throughout all of next year. That Disney would probably decide to do something different. But no, they said we're going to continue with this model and the next one that will that they're going to do it with is going to be Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, so Raya and the Last Dragon will debut simultaneously. Uh, let's rewind that, shall we? Again, a lot of news here, so I'm trying my best to keep up here. Raya and the Last Dragon will debut on Disney Plus 
under their premier access and in theaters of March of next year. For the premier, premier access, again, they're asking viewers to pay that additional $29.99, along with having to have to be a Disney Plus subscriber. So really interesting stuff when you think about it, especially when a lot of people didn't like what they did with Mulan, plus the fact that Mulan turned out to not be you know, a great movie when you listen to those who watched it. I haven't personally watched it myself, so I can't really speak on it. Um, but it got really bad reviews. People were disappointed. And then literally like a month later, they made it available to uh, purchase on Amazon, iTunes, things like that. And then even a couple of weeks after that, they were bundling it with the original Mulan animated movie for the same price. So a lot of people fe felt they were getting gypped, that you know it was you know bad marketing and planning of Disney and all that, but they're doing it again. And I think this is a move that they're doing because they know families will probably pay this to watch this. Why? If you have a family in 2020, and you have one or two kids stuck at home doing homeschooling and all that, you have probably run out of a lot of options as far as entertainment is concerned. Plus, you probably live in an area where you don't feel that safe to go to a theater if it were to be open, right? Again, I, I can't speak for everyone out there, but I'm assuming that there is a good group of you out there like that. March comes, Raya hits. And as a parent, you're probably going to think, I need something new to entertain my kids and to entertain the family because we've run out of things to do as a family. Instead of going to a movie theater, which if you lived in New York like I do, uh, a movie going experience for a family of four, two parents, two kids, ticket price alone here in New York, and I'm just speaking for New York, will probably run you uh, $80 because we are very close at hitting $20 per ticket here in New York, right? So you got 20 times 4, 80. That doesn't even include concessions, which we all know concession prices are ridiculous. You got popcorn. And like a large tub of popcorn that will probably run you another 20 bucks. Got sodas or drinks, which run easily eight to ten dollars each. So you're looking at a family outing of over a hundred dollars, definitely, right? If you're gonna pay just thirty dollars for watching something and knowing that your kids can watch it over and over again, if it's good and if they want to you're going to jump on it in a heartbeat, right? So I think this is their mentality when it comes to something like this, and I can't blame them for thinking that way. Is it going to piss off people like myself? Yeah, because I don't have a family, right? It's just me. You know, my mom's not interested in this stuff, you know, so would I pay $30 just so I can watch this? More than likely, no. I didn't pay, for, I didn't pay that to watch Mulan, it's a good thing I didn't because if the movie is truly a stinker, I probably would have been really upset and disappointed. Um, 
But I can see why a family would pay something like this just to give them something new to do as a group and to keep your kids entertained, even if it's just for a week or two, right? So, and they must have seen some sort of demographic in this when it came to the release of Mulan, right? Um, somebody I was watching on YouTube when they were talking about this is, again, they said that they hit 80 million subscribers so far, right? And then moving into next year, I'm sure that's going to increase. If you have a, let's say, sake of argument, you have 100 million subscribers, right? 100 million. And then here, I'll do the math. You have 100 million subscribers, right? And let's say 10% of that subscriber base decides that they're going to go ahead and pay $29.99 for Raya. Right, so that's what ten million. Disney now just made a little under three hundred million dollars. That's all direct to Disney. They don't have to split the cost with movie theaters. It's a model that works for them, and I totally get it. As an, a consumer, that doesn't want to pay this much for something like that yes i balk at that i'm not going to pay that so i'm not going to be part of that 10 percent. but 10 percent, 300 million that's nothing to shy away from you know how much does a normal disney movie make in theatrical release when it comes out raya's not even like a top tier right it's not tied to any franchise or anything like that you know like Let's say it even makes 500 million in a theatrical release, right? Then you gotta you gotta account for the percentages that you have to kick back to the movie theaters uh, and marketing budget, right? It's kind of a no-brainer when you really think about it. And uh, again, who am I to side on a business side of a major corporation? Because I I normally don't, right? But Again, you can't blame them for, for keeping it this way. It makes sense. Um, but just very interesting that they're still keeping on with that. So, and then moving forward, again, they uh, also highlighted another uh, animated movie that they're working on called Encanto. Encanto seems to be, and they released a little teaser trailer. Again, not much to really go on there, but it sounds like it's going to stick within Cuban roots. Um, so, but it will include new songs from Emmy, Grammy, and Tony Award winner Lin Manuel Miranda. So again, he is still tied into the Disney family very well. So he's they're keeping him busy there, um, and that is slated to release in theaters of November of next year. So here to kind of recap of what was uh, said about it, Encanto takes you to Colombia where a magical family live in a magical home. It's going to be directed by Byron Howard and Jared Bush, co-directed and co-written by Charisse Castro-Smith, and music written by Miranda. Um, also, it was announced yesterday that um, they are going to be producing animated series, which is going to be the first time that this division that primarily focuses on uh, animated movies, especially theatrical releases, that they're going to be working for, uh, on actual TV series that will release 
on Disney Plus. Um, so this includes Baymax, Zootopia Plus, Tiana, which is the princess from the Princess and the Frog, and the Moana series, um, as, as well as a, a series called Iwaju, uh, which will be produced in collaboration with the Pan-African comic book entertainment company, Kugali. So really, really interesting stuff there. A lot of stuff that they're working on. Um, and it's it's it sounds like they've got a lot of stuff that will keep us interested and entertained for the next year or two. Uh, when it comes to Pixar, uh, they also revealed... Um, it's an upcoming slate of original series for Disney Plus and feature films, one of which is called Win or Lose, uh, which is supposed, which is going to be their first long-form animated series, uh, which will debut on Disney Plus in February of 2023. It's supposed to follow um, a middle school softball team in the week leading up to their championship game, and each episode is supposed to be told from a perspective of. Uh, each of the the different characters on the team so really really interesting stuff there um they have two new brand feature films that are slated to hit theaters in 2022 um academy award winning director Dami shi is working on a title called turning red uh which stars a girl named may and the, the, what makes her unique is that she experiences uh, the awkwardness of being a teenager with an added twist. When she gets too excited, she transforms into a giant red panda. And that is slated to come out on March of 2022. So really, really interesting stuff there. I don't know how that's going to play out, but it, it sounds very cute. But the biggest news here is that they are working on a movie called Lightyear. Lightyear is going to tell the definitive uh, definitive origin story of the hero that inspired the toy Buzz Lightyear, and Chris Evans will le- uh, lend his voice to voice the hero of this movie uh, when he uh, goes on his journey to becoming the most famous space ranger ever. So, really fascinating stuff there. Um, from what I've heard um, from uh, viewers and, and other uh, bloggers and what have you online. Um, they're looking forward to this. This is probably one of their more um, anticipated things to look forward to. Um, there is an original feature film, Luca, that is slated to hit um, theaters next summer. Luca is a celebration of the friendship between a boy named Luca and his best friend, Alberto, during their unforgettable summer. Uh, so that's supposed to hit in June of 2021. Uh, and then they're also working on some Disney Plus series, Um which will include Inside Pixar, Pixar Popcorn, Doug Days. Doug is the dog from Up, so we're getting they're getting an we're getting an animated series about him, and an animated series of Cars, which surprises me again because I I had no idea that Cars will still be continuing after the lukewarm reception we got from Cars Two and Cars Three, but I guess kids really like cars right I, i'm assuming um but cars is also very famous internationally um in asia especially japan cars is very famous out there they love it. the japanese kids uh, they love um vehicles they love cars and trains so this is something that still um you know still really attracts them um, and then, of course, they, they covered uh, the feature film Soul that is going to be released on Disney Plus uh, in a couple of weeks, really. 
and a short burrow uh which will like i said debut on disney plus on december 25th um so just to uh go back um uh i already spoke about doug dave's um that's gonna debut on disney plus on in the fall of next year um but yeah really really interesting stuff there when it comes to pixar disney animated disney live action and all that stuff but are you guys ready um, we're already 50 minutes in, and like I said, there's so much to cover. This episode may go on a little bit more. Um, so what I will do too in the description is that I will create um, time codes so that if you guys don't care about Pixar, don't care about Disney Animated or what have you, and just want to get to the nitty-gritty of Star Wars and Marvel, I will make sure to provide those time codes so that um, you'll be able to fast-forward to the things that you really care about. But now... Let's get into it, and let's start off with Star Wars, all right? Because if you know me by now, Star Wars, it, you know, is huge in my heart ever since I was a kid. Um, I love Star Wars. You know, I, I if you watched my video talking about The Mandalorian, you know, I went nuts with that stuff, uh, how this series has been playing out and all that. And when they started talking about Star Wars and Lucasfilm in general, they kind of gave a nod to how happy they were with the reception of The Mandalorian and all that. Um, and they have some stuff in the works that will keep that stuff going. So one of the first things that they announced was uh, because of the success of The Mandalorian, they are developing two live-action Disney Plus spin-offs uh, from the series. So one is called Rangers of the New Republic. Um, not a lot of details from what I, I've tried to gather were, um, you know, uh, were released about what that's going to be like. However, my speculation, especially because of the rumors that Gia, uh, um, uh, that, um, what's her, her name? Um, my God, again, um. Uh, uh, my, my brain is so scrambled because of all this news. Uh, but Gina Carano, uh, who stars in The Ma Mandalorian as um, Cara Dune, um, there have been rumors that um, she may get an, uh, a spinoff or a separate series and all that. My thoughts is that this is going to be that series. Uh, she's going to be part of the Rangers of the New Republic. Plus, if you've been watching The Mandalorian this season... Um, and this might be spoiler territory if you're not fully caught up, but we've seen Republic members, um, you know, show up, you know, um, kind of patrolling the area, interacting with Mando, interacting with Cara Dune. Um, so this, they could easily be part of that series too. And I'm sure we'll get a peek into how the new Republic is being formed in this universe so that these series are going to be tied into the same universe that the mandalorian series is going to be a part of so really interesting stuff there but the main announcement when it comes to that is that they are releasing a live action ahsoka series um which will again bring back rosario dawson to star in the lead role of ahsoka tano um and that, for me, was a no-brainer. That was one of those things where I, I knew that was going to happen. The minute we saw the live-action Ahsoka on The Mandalorian, 
I knew they hit it out of the park. I was super excited, super pumped. I wanted to see more of Rosario Dawson in that role and have her really carry this character moving forward. So now they finally said that they have committed to a spin-off series for that. Um, and both of these series, Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka, will have Dave Filoni and John Favreau um, kind of spearheading it. So you have it in good hands. We already seen what they've done with The Mandalorian. So I could only assume or speculate that these new spinoffs will have that same flavor to it. So really, really fun and exciting stuff there. But that's not it. We're not done yet. Um, they um, kind of dropped a little sizzle reel behind the scenes of the uh, the Rogue One spinoff, um, Andor. Yeah, we knew it as the Cassian Andor series, but now it's been officially titled just Andor um, with Diego Luna. Um, it's being written by Tony Gilroy. Um, and the way it kind of looks like from you know what we saw in the sizzle reel and the way Kathleen Kennedy was kind of describing it is that it's going to be kind of like a spy thriller, right? Um, so it, it's really, really interesting that, um, to see how this is going to play out uh, because, you know, I think Cassian Andor was definitely one of the characters that I wanted to learn more about after watching Rogue One um, because he seemed to, you know, even though a lot of his actions were primarily to help the the rebellion he did some gritty stuff and it sounds like he came from an upbringing or he was involved in a lot of stuff that could be considered gritty um that you wouldn't necessarily really associate with the rebellion and the the republic and stuff like that so i've always wanted to see how he got to that point or what was involved in all of that so really really interesting um, to see how that's going to play out. Um, I believe they're kind of breaking the mold of The Mandalorian when it comes to episodes for this series because I think it's going to be 12 episodes. So really, really interesting to see how that's going to look like. Um, they announced uh, or gave an update on the Obi-Wan TV, TV series, um, which we already knew that Ewan McGregor is going to be a part of and all that. However, they did you know, drop another bomb. The rumors are true. Hayden Christensen is coming back as Darth Vader in this series. And I can only, only speculate how that's going to happen and how that's going to play out. Because as we know, you know, Obi-Wan was stuck on Tatooine looking after young Luke, making sure nothing goes wrong there and all that. And they're saying that this series is going to take place 10 years after the events of Revenge of the Sith. So there must be something that kind of brings their paths together again. And it kind of makes sense, too, because if you remember episode four, New Hope, the dialogue that Vader and Obi-Wan had when they finally met face to face again, or even when, you know, Obi-Wan was with Luke and they were on the Death Star, you know, Vader had that famous line of like, oh, I ha I'm feeling a presence that I haven't felt since blah, 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 right? So this could you know, finally um, kind of uh, fill in the gaps there as to what he meant by that. You know, how, did they meet again? It sounds like they probably did after the events of Revenge of the Sith. Plus, Obi-Wan also mentioned to Luke that Vader is more robotic than human, or, or I, I don't remember the direct quote, but um, 
how does he know that, right? Are these just rumors or things that he heard about, or did he actually get to see it in person? So really, really interesting stuff there. Um, and I'm excited to see how that's going to play out because Ewan McGregor playing Obi-Wan was one of the best, if not the best thing um, that came out of the prequels for me. Um, yes, because of series like Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff that they're doing in The Mandalorian, I have a new appreciation for the prequel stuff. But, you know, when I watched it when they came out, I was very disappointed. So, But, like I said, the one... Um, bright moment out of all those movies was Ewan McGregor playing Obi-Wan there. So really interesting stuff. Um, to kind of keep it within the Star Wars galaxy, uh, we finally got a preview of a new animated series that they're working on called The Bad Batch. If you watched um, The Clone Wars, especially the the last season of The Clone Wars that came out on Disney+, Plus, we were introduced to this group of... Um, clone troopers called the Bad Batch and the reason why they're called the Bad Batch is because they were rejects um, they when they were cloned they came out with deformities things that don't really tie in with the, the kind of mold that they were looking for for their troopers however they were still functional and all that so they formed their own ragtag team called the Bad Batch and these were mercenaries that they kind of uh, put in the forefront when they needed something that was extremely hazardous and dangerous to take care of you know they were gung-ho always to take on those type of adventures so really interesting stuff to see how that's going to play out the animation style looks very clone wars like um so really really interested to see how uh, how that story continues they also came out with um um kind of a series that they're calling visions which uh, within Visions, these are going to be animated shorts or one-offs um, that they will be working on with um, anime creators. So this is an this is going to be like the first Star Wars anime series, uh, or official I should say official anime series because I've seen like some anime takes on Star Wars like on YouTube and all and all that. We had a Star Wars manga that came out many years ago. So this will be the first official Star Wars anime series, and it's going to be really interesting to see who they peg for that. Uh, on Disney Plus, they're also going to be releasing a series based off of the classic droid C-3PO and R2-D2 called A Droid Story. Um, it's also going to be introducing a brand new droid. Um, so it sounds like this is something that's more geared towards kids. So really, really fun. Um, and I'm sure that will be exciting to see. Um, also, uh, on top of that, they announced that they are working on a Lando spin-off series. Um, they uh, announced that Dear White People's Justin Simeon is going to be uh, spearheading that series. Um, but they didn't say if Donald Glover was going to come back or if, um, you know, they're going to get... Um, uh, Names, names. Why, why are names escaping me? Um, Billy D. Williams. Oh my God, how could I forget Billy D. Um, if they're gonna get Billy D. to come back to reprise the role as an older Lando, are we gonna see the two in the series? If you remember how uh, Rise of Skywalker ended, you, you know you had um, you had uh, Lando uh, speaking to one of the newer characters, and I'm forgetting the character's name, but you know she was also a former. Um, uh, stormtrooper like Finn was 
and she mentioned something about you know she doesn't know where she comes from or where her family is and Lando kind of makes this comment so well let's find out right or or something like that could this be taking that and moving that into this series who knows um but it'll be really interesting to see what that's gonna be like and then they also announce another series called the acolyte uh which will be helmed by russian doll creator uh leslie headland um which is described as a mystery thriller about the emerging dark side set in the high republic era so when I hear this, I think immediately about Coruscant and, you know, how the High Republic was and all that. So this sounds very, very interesting to me. Not a lot of details were announced about it, but basically just those tidbits we were given. But with all of the, these announcements, it's very interesting to see how they're focusing a lot of the Star Wars universe to be on television which I think is brilliant and a better move to go instead of putting so much focus on uh, theatrical movies. Because within series like we've seen um, in The Mandalorian, you can really flesh out huge storylines and you could really tell a lot uh, without having to be so uh, condensed within a two-hour time frame, right? Um, so the possibilities are endless and it allows um, writers and directors to really tell full-fledged and, and kind of well-thought-out storylines within a series format. So really interesting how much they're focusing on that and it gets me really excited because yes, we're getting more Star Wars stuff and if it's anything like what we've been getting with The Mandalorian, then I'm all for it, right? But that doesn't mean that they're fully ignoring movies um, because a huge bomb and I'm using that a lot was also dropped when the confirmed they finally confirmed the rumors that Taika Waititi is going to be directing a Star Wars film he had a very funny tweet about it uh, you know on, on Twitter where he said you know it's a he's a huge Star Wars fan and he is he apologizes because he's going to end up ruining Star Wars once he directs his movie. Um, so really, really funny. But I think one of the biggest uh, announcements was that Patty Jenkins is going to be directing a standalone Star Wars movie, uh, you know, that falls within kind of like their anth anthology movies like Rogue One was or like Solo. Um, and it's called Rogue Squadron. Um, if you're like me and you're big into video games, you will remember the Rogue Squadron video game, um, which primarily focuses on the infamous, you know, uh, group of rebel starfighters. Um, you know, Luke was a part of Rogue Squadron. So was Wedge. Um, you know, are they going to go into that period or is this going to take place years after that or years before that? Um, but they re but Patty released this kind of interesting teaser um, which has her kind of talk about how she always has had a fascination about planes, especially like jet fighters because um, because of her dad because uh, her dad um, I believe was in the Air Force or, or Army or what have you um, and flew these planes you know so she she's familiar with like the, the the revving of the engines and all that stuff like that. And then there's some like kind of personal tra tragedy behind on that. But she also loves Star Wars. So just seeing her passion and, and Patty Jenkins, especially from what we've seen from her so far, 
she whenever she's passionate about something we get good results so I can only imagine what kind of movie this is going to play out to be um, I already heard someone online kind of describe this like this could be our top gun in space uh, I think of like Iron Eagle because if we have Wedge in there it's an older Wedge right and from what we know from Wedge's lore of what we know so far he doesn't want to really fly anymore why are we going to find out why is he trying to teach a, a young group of uh, fighter pilots to take on the Rogue Squadron uh, moniker um, so that's why when I think of Iron Eagle it's kind of like Chappie and Mr. Young Buck over here uh, the, the the mentor and the, the young um, whippersnapper um, hotshot pilot um, could it be something like that? I mean, you know, when I think about it now, it sounds exciting, right? Um, so I would really love to see how that's going to play out. We're going to get a lot of star fights in here, dog fights, battles in space. And, you know, that's one of the best things about Star Wars. You know, right now I'm playing Squadrons, the video game. And I love being in the cockpit and just, you know, going through these space battles and going through these like space missions uh, in my starfighter. You know, that proves to be a lot of fun. And a lot of people love the universe because of that. They want to be in their X-Wings. They want to be in their Millennium Falcons. They want to be in their Slave Ones um, and, and fight it out. You know, TIE Interceptors, TIE Fighters and all that. So it, it's... It's very intriguing that we're going to get a movie that sounds like it's going to be based off of just this portion of the Star Wars universe. So a lot of fun stuff there. Um, but that pretty much caps the all of the Star Wars news um, that was dropped yesterday. And you know, I'm kind of like nonchalantly just like, like, oh, yeah, that's all the stuff that they dropped. But that's a lot of stuff. You know, that's a lot of stuff to, to uh, ingest there. But since it was a portion of the conference that was under the Lucasfilm umbrella, there was additional stuff outside of Star Wars that they announced too. They uh, reconfirmed that Warwick Davis is coming back for the Will the Willow Disney Plus series. Um, and it looks like John, John M. Chu is also going to be a part of that because um, the pilot is being directed by him. Uh, they're also working on a series based off of uh, a novel, a uh, very popular novel called Children of Blood and Bone. Um, it's going to be, it looked like it's being developed by Lucasfilm and 20th Century Studios there. And we got reconfirmation again that yes, the fifth Indiana Jones movie is being worked on. They're in pre-production now and it is being directed by James Mangold. Uh, we all know him from directing Wolverine. Um, you know, which he did a phenomenal job. But James Mangold is, is just a really great d director in general. And that is slated to come out in July of 2022. Whew! That's just Star Wars, right? Now, let's get into Marvel. Because Marvel, I'm telling you right now, a lot of lot of fun and interesting stuff in the, in the pipeline here for Marvel, and I cannot wait because I talk about geeking out. I've been geeking out about Marvel Studios and the stuff that they've been been putting out ever since you know Phase One was was already being worked on and was re being released. Then with each phase that we're getting. Kevin Feige has been surprising us with how he's keeping the ball rolling, how very um, 
tied in everything was and plotted very well. You know, you could tell there is a roadmap that they're following. And they don't, you know, they don't just like uh, come up with stuff on the fly. These are things that they are have that are structured and are planned out thoroughly. You know, not like what we've been getting with the DC stuff um, and not like what we've been getting with any other like long lasting franchises out there. So I've always been excited with what they've been working on on the Marvel side. Um, This year, it's been unfortunate that uh, we didn't get our Black Widow like we were supposed to. Uh, That was pushed back, uh, which, by the way, they announced that it's still being planned to release in theaters next year. They haven't announced anything about being able to release it on uh, Disney Plus or even as the premiere portion where you would have to pay the $29.99, which surprises me because I would think if anyone, including myself, were to pay $29.99 for a movie, Black Widow would be that movie, you know, because that is the movie that I've been dying to see and was supposed to kick off this next phase of Marvel. Uh, but because of that, they had to kind of switch things around, right? So the first thing that we're supposed to get from Marvel uh, releasing next year is WandaVision. And we've already been teased about, uh, you know, with WandaVision with trailers that they've released recently. But it looks like that, uh, you know, they wanted, they decided to give us a little bit more. So they came out with another new trailer for WandaVision. Um, and watching that trailer, um, you know, because the, the stuff that we've been seeing has been kind of, kind of makes it look like it's like a goofy take on um, Wanda and the Vision, kind of living their lives through sitcoms and all that, and it looks a little bit more goofy and, and comical. I think this is the first time that we get to see that there is something in, working on here, especially in the background where everything is not. There is a reason why these are happening, and nobody knows why. And Wanda herself is trying to figure it out, right? There could be outside forces, you know, that is kind of making her do this. Um, She's under control or something by some entity. Um, She's trapped in this, like, weird alternate reality that looks like she may be trapped in there with other people, or at least in the minds of other people. Uh, So really, really interesting stuff. And we already know that this is going to lead into and tie into the next Doctor Strange movie, which they also reconfirmed um, is a fact. So really, you know, definitely check out this new trailer if, if, if you don't mind just, you know, getting more insights. Or you could just wait because the the series itself is is dropping on January fifteenth, uh, a couple of days before my birthday. So really looking forward to that. Um, then they uh, finally gave us a first glimpse of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, which was originally slated to be the first series that we were going to get this year, um, but because of COVID, you know, they had a lot of delays, so that got pushed back. Um, but basically. Uh, we are getting um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and we got kind of a glimpse of how um, that world is working for the Falcon and for Bucky there. Uh, Bu- Bucky is rocking this new hairdo, and we got to see kind of like a lot of action scenes with Falcon, you know, flying around, dodging missiles and all that stuff, what have you. Um, from what I've read online and from people that may know a little bit about um, 
the production and the storyline. From what it sounds like is that within this series, because we know how Endgame um, played out where uh, old Cap gave um, Falcon the shield and he was supposed to carry on that moniker of Captain America. From what I hear, and I don't know how true this is, so take it with a grain of salt, um, the government took the shield away and was like, no, we, we don't condone uh, you becoming the next um, iteration of Captain America or what have you. Um, but uh, the, the, the series is supposed to uh, have Bucky and the Falcon try to take the shield back and, and try to kind of, um, you know, bring home, so to speak, the moniker of uh, Captain America. So if that's the case, that's actually very, very interesting. And it changes the idea of the show that I originally had in mind. Um, you know, which is which was I thought it was just going to be a continuation of their adventures and possibly, um, you know, trying to uh, get more into the background of AIM and all that stuff like that or Hydra. We did get to see a glimpse of Baron Zemo in the trailer, so he's definitely going to play a big role in this. So that's going to be really, really interesting there. Um, so yeah, really, really. You know, again, we're, it's just great that we got to see a glimpse of it and we got to see what they're working on there. Um, now, I read something separately, too. Uh, no, that's going to come later. Never mind. Let me continue. Um, we also got a first glimpse, finally, of the Loki TV series uh, with some footage that was released yesterday. And it looks like it's definitely going to be kind of like a crime caper. But I don't know where they are. Like I don't know what's happening. We got to see Owen Wilson in in there, you know, interacting with with Loki. So I don't know what kind of role he plays. It definitely takes place after the events of what happened um, of Endgame. You know, if you remember the movie, uh, it brought us back to the first Avengers movie, where uh, the future Tony Stark was trying to get back the Tesseract. You know, events happen. The test track landed by the feet of Loki. He grabs it and disappears. Now we get to see what happened immediately after that. So that's coming out in May of 2021. Um, so that looks really, really exciting. Um, looks very interesting. I, but to be honest with you, I think with all the footage that I saw under Marvel that was released yesterday, this is probably one of the ones that I'm not that excited about yet. I would love to see how this is going to play into the overall arching universe and how it plays out in the stories. Also, before I forget to mention, it was said or hinted on yesterday that the Star Wars TV series and a lot of the Marvel TV series will have moments leading into a potential event movie. So meaning like the events that play out in the Marvel series will eventually potent or potentially tie into one giant event movie whether it's a theatrical movie or a directed Disney Plus movie I don't know but um, that's exciting to hear about you know like um, same thing could be said about Star Wars where the events that may happen in the Ahsoka series the New Republic series and Mandalorian could tie into uh, an event movie 
that's exciting. That's really, really exciting. So, and then when I talk more about the other Marvel news, you'll see that things that happen or the characters that will appear in certain uh, Marvel TV series will eventually land in a Marvel movie of a standalone character, what have you. Um, it, it, that's definitely going to be in the roadmap, and that's definitely going to happen. So, uh, moving on, we finally got a first glimpse of the What If animated series, which looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you saw a lot of focus on the What If storyline of um, uh, Captain Britain, and what if you know Peggy Carter got the the soldier serum instead of. Um, instead of Steve Rogers and how she becomes Captain Britain. Uh, we also got a glimpse of what other potential what if um, storylines could look like. It, it was great to kind of see the watcher and uh, the silhouette of the watcher and you hear him speaking um, and, and saying, I am the watcher. And, and you know, I, I love the tagline, you know, kind of like uh, he closes off the, the trailer by saying it, it begs you to ask, you know, what if? You know, like, and I, I, I don't know. I just really geeked out about that. I, I just thought it was a lot of fun. Um, also, just to to go back because uh, again, I saw something here real quick. Um, Captain and the Winter Soldier. Um, the way that Kevin Feige described it is that it's uh, look at it as a feature film that was split into six episodes. So that's kind of how he's describing the series. So some that's something that to keep in mind when you're watching it. Um, like I mentioned before, Black Widow is still slated to come out in theaters only on May 7th of next year. They also revealed that they wrapped up production of Shang-Chi um, that they've been working on. Um, that is planning to come out on July 9th of next year. So next year we're already getting to Marvel movie, uh, th uh, theatrical movie releases. Um, and then after that, again, they talked about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, which will be coming out on March 25th of 2022. Uh, and like I said before, WandaVision or the events of WandaVision will tie into that movie. You know, you will have uh, Wanda appear in the Doctor Strange movie, uh, which will also kind of tie into stuff that happens in the next Spider-Man movie. But they didn't talk a lot about Spider-Man because obviously that's Sony. Uh, but they did reveal that a new character is going to be introduced in the Doctor Strange movie, and that is the character of America Chavez, better known as Miss America. Of uh, is it Miss? Amer uh, yeah, I think it's called Miss America, right? Uh, or that's another uh, moniker that she goes under. But America Chavez is going to be debuting in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, so I was like, really, really, really surprised to hear about that. Was not totally expecting this. Um, but the actress who will portray Miss America or America Chavez will be Joti Jo. I'm, I'm going to butcher her name so bad. Joshil Gomez. Um, if you don't know who she was or, or I mean, who she is or who, who she, you know, I don't know. I didn't know who she was, but apparently you could see her in the the reboot on Netflix of the Babysitters Club. So if you wanted to check out to see who the actress is, uh, she is going to be portraying America Chavez. So I think that is totally, totally interesting. Um, 
again, very unexpected. I was not really, really, um, you know, thinking that they would debut such a character in that TV series. I'll be fully honest. I only know about her based off of what I read today. I didn't really follow her in the comic books and all that. So all of you comic fans out there, maybe you guys can fill me in as to why she's such a fan favorite. But speaking of fan favorites, we got our first glimpse of Kamala Khan in the Miss Marvel Disney Plus series. Um, So that is something that um, they are, as we know, they are working on. Uh, So it was nice to kind of finally see um, as they released a sizzle trailer of how uh, Iman Villani, who is the actress that they pegged as Miss Marvel, um, as uh, Miss Marvel, yeah, Uh, how she's going to portray Kamala Khan there. It was a very touching moment, too, when they kind of showed you a little bit behind the scenes of how she auditioned and when they made, uh, when they told her that she landed the role. It was like this giant Zoom call with like all the the heads there and then little... (laughs) Iman was like in the middle and how emotional she got and all that stuff like that. So it was really, really interesting to see like how she's so far, um, how she's going to look like in the role there. It was also announced that um, her character and actress will eventually show up in the Captain Marvel 2 movie, uh, which is uh, uh, which is supposed to come out on November 22nd. I believe that's twenty Mar- uh, November twenty second of possibly next year. Um, they didn't really say, um, or at least what I'm reading here, um, the exact year of that release. Um, let me look that up real quick because again, I don't want to misspeak at all. Um, do do do. I don't know, but yeah, eventually, just keep in mind, uh, Iman, character of Kamala Khan. Uh, will be not only show, show, showing up in her own Disney Plus series, but she will also be showing in the Captain Marvel 2 movie. So um, they talked about the Hawkeye, and we've gotten news about Hawkeye recently where you know they finally <coughs> officially confirmed that, yes, Haley Steinfeld will be playing Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye TV series. Um, and then they finally announced and made it official that Tatiana Maslany will be playing She-Hulk after she denied it tremendously in the past that she's no way going to be playing She-Hulk and all this. So I found that extremely hilarious that they officially made that announcement. Um, they also confirmed that Mark Ruffalo is going to be showing up in the TV series. Um, but surprisingly, and again, made me very happy because I was a fan of the very first uh, Hulk movie that um, came out within the, the the MCU as we know it now, um, you know that starred um, Ed. Um, whoa, I am just rocking out with the names today. Um, uh, Edward Norton. Oh, hello, uh, but yeah, Edward Norton. He portrayed Bruce Banner and the Hulk in that series, in that movie, and then eventually Mark Ruffalo took over the the role, um, starting with um, Avengers. I believe it was Avengers uh, when he finally came out there. Um, so, but they are bringing back Tim Roth, who appeared in that movie with Edward Norton, who played uh, Abomination, 
So Tim Roth will be reprising his role for the She-Hulk um, TV series. And the way that uh, Feige was talking about it, um, you know, obviously She-Hulk is a lawyer. Uh, real name is Jennifer Walters. But the way he kind of like was describing it, it's like, yes, she, you know, we want to introduce you to the lawyer and a lot of emphasis on the word lawyer. And, you know, someone else kind of had my, my train of thought um, when I watched them say something on YouTube. But uh, I do believe that the rumors we heard about Charlie Cox uh, coming back into the Marvel Universe and showing up in Spider-Man, he may very well still show up in the new Spider-Man. However, I do feel like maybe this is a series where he's going to come back and and show up because it would make sense if she is a lawyer, lawyer by day, she Hulk by night, or or vice versa. Uh, it would make sense to have um, a lawyer to lawyer confrontation or what have you, or team up, right? Um, again, that's just my speculation. I could be totally off base here, uh, so take it with a grain of salt. That or maybe that's just my own fanboyism wishing that that would be the case. Um, they did talk a little bit about Moon Knight, the Moon Knight series that's starring Oscar Isaac, um, but there wasn't really anything like big within the presentation there. Um, they revealed that Secret Invasion is going to be a series that they're working on, uh, which will bring back Sam Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn to reprise their roles. So how that's going to play out, I don't know. But Secret Invasion, I mean... When I was doing the the Two Can Play That podcast this past week, we talked about Secret Invasion, and we thought that that was going to be another phase within the MCU movie universe. But if they're working on a TV series here, that's going to be really, really interesting as to how that's going to play out. And I'm really excited because we still haven't gotten any um, reasoning as to why um, Nick Fury is in space. What base is he on? You know, like, why is he with all the curls there? Like, what's going on, right? Um, so really, really interesting to see how that's going to play out. And I'm pretty sure they're going to finally explain what's happening there. Is that the formation of S.W.O.R.D.? We don't know. Excited. Something I was not expecting them to announce is that we are getting an Ironheart series, um, which... Uh, you know, if you know Ironheart, that is kind of like the female Iron Man, uh, Riri Williams, and it will star Dominic Thorne. Um, so I was really, really shocked that we are getting this. But it makes sense after hearing all the news that dropped because we're eventually going to need a new Avengers team, right? And what better way to do so by bringing in like the younger Avengers, like the young Avengers, the younger members of what we've seen in the comics. And it was speculated in the past that, yes, uh, you know, we will get this version of Iron Man, you know, the female Iron Man. We thought that maybe Shuri might be taking over that ma that uh, mantle. Um, maybe she still might, but still knowing that they're working in this Ironheart series that could potentially tie into the overarching cinematic universe let let your go ahead and speculate as much as you can because this this is very interesting and kind of like throws another possibility in there um and don Cheadle will play continue to play war machine in a new series called armor wars um 
so which which is described as uh, that the Stark tech falling into the wrong hands and God Armor Wars was like a great run in comic books from what I remember back in the day and just picture just Stark suits and all that stuff you know in the hands of like all these like bad badasses and bad people and just going toe to toe with with each other which we haven't really had a chance to see of course we've seen the iron man suits going up against one villain um altogether but having them battle each other out um very very interesting i don't know how that's going to play out but again we're getting a lot of good stuff here um and it's really really shocking like all the stuff that we're getting all right um we're already an hour and a half in, um, so this is probably going to be my the longest podcast I'll ever do, because there's just so much to cover here. But uh, let's let's fire through some more things. Um, James Gunn is filming a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special for Disney Plus, which is really really interesting. Um, and if anyone was to do it in a weird and quirky way, it would, would be James Gunn. Um, and they're also working on an I Am Groot series, which is going to be a series of shorts that will have Vin Diesel return as the voice of I Am Groot. So I, I think that's going to be like the, the version of uh, that droids show that they're working for Star Wars, uh, something for the kids, uh, but in the Marvel Universe here. So uh, when it comes to upcoming films that they have on the roadmap, Marvel confirmed yesterday that Christian Bale is joining the next Thor movie and he'll be playing a villain named Gore, the God of Butcher. Um, They also reconfirmed after they teased us about it last year that Mahersha Ali is starring uh, in a Blade film. Um, Peyton Reed is coming back uh, for the next Ant-Man film, which is called Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Um, which will bring Catherine Newton to star as Cassie Lang and Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror. So those have been all officially confirmed and announced instead of the rumors that we've been having. Jonathan Majors, I'm a huge fan of him after watching The Five Bloods and Lovecraft Country on HBO Max. He's a great actor. He has a lot of range. I'm really curious to see how he's going to play Kang here. Um, And again, because of Kang being involved in all this and the multiverses and all that stuff, we're going to be playing a lot about uh, timelines and and multi-dimensions and all that stuff like that, which is super exciting. And because of the multi-dimensions and all that, it led me to something that I'm even more excited about, which I will talk about in just a minute. But they also confirmed that Marvel will not recast Chadwick Boseman, um, the character of T'Challa, in Black Panther 2. Um, so basically, um, you know, they did say Ryan Coogler is, is still directing. Um, but Black Panther 2 will continue to explore the world of Wakanda. Um, they haven't said how they're going to handle the T'Challa character in this movie. But they they made it clear that they're not recasting Chadwick Boseman, at least for now, when Black Panther 2 comes out. So I think this is very respectable and and, um, good on them for doing so and making this type of announcement now. Because if they did come to this conference saying that, yeah, we already got the this is your new T'Challa or by this time we have we're going to replace him or what have you. That would be very disrespectful uh, for the memory of Chadwick. Um, this at least buys them time to figure out what they're going to do with the T'Challa character moving forward. Um, now, 
this brings me to the the moment where I geeked out. I, I mentioned on Twitter I even got teary-eyed when they finally made this confirmation, but they confirmed that they are working on a new Fantastic Four movie. America's first superhero family is hopefully getting their due respect and their just desserts and what they deserve to be a fair and better treatment in movie form. And they've pegged Spider-Man director John Watts to helm this film. Um, I'm super excited about this. And it's funny that they got um, a director who was involved in Spider-Man for another studio to come over and direct uh, their Fantastic Four movies. So that's this must mean that Marvel has a lot of faith in this director. They love what he's been doing with Spider-Man. Um, and they think that he's going to be the best thing to helm the new iteration of the Fantastic Four. Um, not a lot of details were, were kind of divulged about that as far as like who's going to be in it and all that. Uh, who knows? Like, will we get John Krasinski and Emily Blunt to, you know, play the roles of um, Reed and Sue Storm? I don't know. Uh, it has been heavily rumored that they've had a lot of discussions over at Marvel, but who knows, right? And I think Krasinski has also been championing himself to play Reed for a long time. But just the fact that they've officially confirmed that they are working on a Fantastic Four movie, they had this awesome animation of the logo. Oh, my God. I, I broke down in, in pure geek joy yesterday when I saw it because... The Fantastic Four has been my all-time favorite superhero group ever, ever since I was a kid. When I used to watch the reruns of that Hanna-Barbera cartoon back in the day, uh, you know, some of the first comics I remember reading were the Fantastic Four. Um, I just love that dynamic, you know, especially, and I was so disappointed, you know, with what they came out with in movie form back in the day, you know, the Tim Story um, versions of the Fantastic Four, you know, especially when you compared it to a movie like The Incredibles, where that was the Fantastic Four movie we were supposed to get, and we never got it. Um, so I'm so curious and eagerly anticipating to see how they're going to handle this this franchise moving forward under the Marvel banner, under the tutelage of Feige. Um, so I'm really, really super excited. No mention of the X-Men. Um, so we don't know anything about that and how they're going to be handling that. Um, and, uh, you know, again, not a lot of other details about um, some of the other franchises that they now have ownership of not, say, ever since they took over Fox, right? So we don't know. No mention either about what's going to happen to the characters that were introduced in the Netflix series. Um, I'm sure that's TBD. You know, especially with the rumors of uh, Charlie Cox um, uh, roaming around out there about the potential of Daredevil returning in movie form or maybe TV series or what have you. Um, but that's a lot of stuff, guys. I am exhausted. I, I am so drained talking about everything here. And as you can see, it filled in over an hour and a half worth of, st of, of, of stuff to talk about. So what are your thoughts? How are you feeling? You know, what are you excited about? Did anything here disappoint you? Were you looking for more? I don't know how you could be possibly be looking for more. Because um, this is just, you know, again, 
Disney dropping the bomb on us. Um, so very, very exciting stuff. I'm so looking forward to seeing how all of this, all of this is going to play out in the future and moving forward. Um, but yeah, I'm always looking forward to hearing about your comments. So for those of you watching this on YouTube, comment, leave your comments in the comment section. Let's have a conversation about it. For those of you listening on, uh, to this on audio, um, you know, hit me up uh, on social. Um, to talk about things or comment about other things. Um, again, I, I stream on Twitch three days a week. Um, so if you catch me during my streams and you want to talk about the Marvel news, the Star Wars news, anything Disney related, don't hesitate to reach out and say hi and start the conversation there uh, because I love having conversations with all of you. But I'm exhausted. This is me, you are you, and that's the show, guys. So... Again, thank you very much for tuning in. And, um, you know, I'll see you again next week around the same time. And who knows what we're going to talk about next week. Um, you know, there were a lot of things that I didn't get to talk about this week, just like the backlash that Warner and HBO is experiencing from the news of last week. Um, Nicolas Cage is coming out with this funky series about the history of, of curse words. Um, there are potential... Uh, alien agreements that we have with an alien society between the U.S. and Israel. Um, so a lot of stuff that I really didn't get to talk about. That Maybe we'll talk about that next week or maybe there'll be another bomb being dropped. Who knows? But until then, stay cool, stay classy, stay safe, be kind to one another, wash your hands, wear your mask, and I'll see all of you next time. Thanks again, guys. Bye.